It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. While you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. Let's jump right in. I'm thrilled to be joined by my first guest, uh, Kevin Snow, who's the founder and CEO of Time Untarget, an Army veteran, an entrepreneur, sales expert, and a self-described serious technology geek. And uh, Kevin and I were just chatting for a moment, and I know his expertise is in helping businesses take their sales and marketing automation to a higher level, and that's what we'll talk about today. So, Kevin, welcome to Get Down to Business. Hey, Shalom. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. You bet. It's awesome. So I love to get to know the person behind the microphone, and you've got quite a story indeed. Um, you uh, you have, uh, again, uh, developed your own business, um, but uh, you've got quite a, quite a little bit of background. So how did you, uh, how did you get to the point that you, uh, you became an entrepreneur and that, uh, and that you've developed this expertise in helping not only your business, but others as well? Well, it was actually completely unintentional. I had no plans of starting my own business. I, at about 12 years ago, I was actually working f- uh, with uh, one of the, uh, a really large networking organization. I was running a, a region for them and launching chapters. I was really good at it. And other regions in the country started hiring me to come in and train their team on how to kick off really big chapters and do it really quickly. So I needed something to accept payments. So I needed a company. So I launched Time on Target as a training and public speaking company. I'm like, oh, I'll do this. And it it was cool and I had fun. And then uh, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm in the army, so I deployed. And I came back from the deployment a year later and had no speaking gigs. I had nothing in my pipeline and I had that Oh, crap moment of what, what am I going to do? And that is when time on target really shifted from just being kind of the speaking thing and a side gig to actually being my focus. And we became a consulting firm where we actually went into businesses and helped them figure out how to launch a team, a sales team, or we'd help them figure out why my sales team isn't producing and we'd actually help them fix it. And just over the years, I've really niched down what I did for my clients to the point where now we really just focus on sales process and helping them figure out how to sell and how their buyers make those purchasing decisions and then integrating the technology into it so it's seamless. It gives the clients a great experience and is completely easy for the sales team or the owners to use. So it's not this horrible chore that they have to do with their CRM or email marketing on a weekly basis. Absolutely. And Kevin, you're touching on something very interesting that uh, when when somebody chooses to go into business, it means that they all of a sudden are accepting on the responsibility of many different hats. Yes, you've got to make sure your uh, your taxes are being filed on time. Yeah, I know you've discovered this too, for sure. Um, but we're going to focus our conversation on the sales side of things. And let's face it, some entrepreneurs may not be the best salespeople, but you argue, Kevin, I know that introverts some, sometimes can be the sales 
the best salespeople. And then networking isn't only about growing your business. Let's talk about those areas. Yeah. So I'm, I'm totally an introvert. I'm a high C personality. If you do the disc profile, I love detail. I want to know why things work, how things work, all that stuff. And that type, the reason I think introverts can make really awesome salespeople is because we listen. We like to ask all those deep questions and get information. We aren't so much about hearing our voice, you know, your high D's, your high I's, uh, your traditional sales uh, stereotypes are very much about talking. They like to be the center of attention. We want to learn. And so we want to figure out what's going on with that client we're working with and then really be able to apply a solution that works for them. So our go ahead. No, no, no that, that's, that's perfect. And having that process is really key. And I know that you have, um, as you say, uh, geeked out um, on the uh, sales automation side uh, to close sales faster and free up time without sounding salesy. Um, how does that work? So it's really understanding how that purchaser, the, the prospect makes that buying decision, what questions they're asking as they go through their buying cycle and when they need that specific information. And then using the automation tools to help deliver that content at the right point in the sales cycle. You know, it's, you know, a lot of salespeople will just send out, oh, here's a case study or here's this flyer about our product. But they, if it's not timed with what the purchaser is looking for, you're either going to slow down your cycle or completely derail it because you're trying to push them too hard. And if you understand how, they, how their mind is thinking and what kind of questions they're going to be asking, you can get them the content that answers those questions when they're thinking about it. And it's going to be much more helpful for them in the long term. Very, very interesting. And I know, Kevin, you and I haven't talked about this, but I know that you and I are on the same page um, on the topic of uh, sales closure, um, which uh, I said for the longest time that no is the second best answer that you can receive. Um, and uh, and it's that, let, let's talk a little bit about that because it's sort of a change in philosophy uh, when it comes to sales, instead of just trying to push a product or service on somebody that may not want it or have a need for it, but rather closing the lead and enabling you to move on to what's next. Yeah, I am a big supporter of the whole idea that you should be disqualifying your prospects, not trying to qualify them. When you're qualifying someone, you're trying to figure out a reason to shove this square object into a round hole and make it fit and keep them as a prospect. When you're trying to disqualify them, you're trying to make sure that you're actually doing a better job of qualifying because you're trying to figure out why they're not a fit so that you can get them out of your pipeline as quickly as possible instead of wasting a bunch of time on it. And for a lot of salespeople, the bigger the pipeline is a status thing. It's like, hey, boss, I got a million dollars in the pipeline. Do you really have a million dollars? Are these actually good clients that we want to sell? I would much rather get rid of the nose quicker so that it frees up uh bandwidth for me to actually sell to people who are the right fit for my for my product and service. Absolutely. So, so critical because time is money and uh, it allows you to uh, stay uh, focused. So, uh, Kevin, uh, sort of zooming out for a moment again, you're an entrepreneur, an army veteran, a sales expert, and a, uh, as you say, a serious technology geek. I'm chatting with Kevin Snow, the founder and CEO of Time on Target. Um, so, Kevin, what's that sort of lesson that you learned in your entrepreneurial journey that you would want to share with our listeners that might be a game changer for them and you hope that will save them a ton of time and uh, 
potentially mistakes along the way. So for entrepreneurs and small business owners, you have to pay attention to what you're doing. When you are working with clients and you're working with prospects and you get done with the sales cycle, whether you win it or you lose it, you need to look back and say, all right, so what did I do? What happened in this sales process that was went well, what didn't go well, so that you can figure out what your process is. When I would go in and work with small business owners, most of them have no clue how they would sell. And they were being successful selling just because they had this passion about their product because it was their baby and they could go out and, and that emotion would come through. But if you're going to bring on a sales team or you want to scale, you need to understand how you're actually selling so that you're able to do it more effectively and you can do more of it at once. So you got to be tracking what you're doing, how you're selling, you know, what are you saying? What's that one line that you say to a prospect and you just see their the lights go on in their eyes because they get it. They understand what you are telling them and why what you're telling them is important. And it's keeping those types of notes and understanding what's happening that's going to allow you to grow faster and be more successful. Super helpful. And um, Kevin Snow, in our final uh, minute remaining uh, can you tell us real quick why our listeners need to reach out to you at Time on Target and how do they get a hold of you? Hey, so they need to reach out to me because you know I'm going to help them get ahead with their business. We're going to take a deep look at how they're actually selling and what the process they're using. And we're going to be able to help them make sure that they're synced up with their purchasers so that they're actually maximizing the time they have in front of their clients and they're getting a better closer rate. And if they want to find out more about how we work with our clients and actually want to get some cool information about how they can sell better to their prospects, all they need to do is text the word sell smarter to 612-429-4298. And I'm going to send them a list of questions that they can use to help, help map out their sales process. And I'm going to send them a guide to what content is most successful at different points in that sales cycle. Awesome. Fantastic. Again, Kevin Snow from Time on Target. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your uh, advice that uh, certainly very, very helpful to all of our listeners. And I look forward to uh, bringing you back on real soon. Coming up after the break, we're going to continue our conversation all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship with our next guest, um, Hal Martin, who, uh, who joins us uh, to continue all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We get on my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download podcasts from the past eight plus years of shows. Again, we'll be right back. Uh, get on my website, shalomkline.com and check out our sponsors, Chicago, healthplanchicago.com for all of your Affordable Care Act and health insurance needs. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, Chicago. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. So I got a real treat for you now. I'm thrilled to be joined by Hal Martin, who is the connector. He connects startups and investors for funding. He's really darn good at it, and uh, he's the founder and CEO of the 10 Capital Network in Austin, Texas, but I know having an impact around the world to date, 10 Capital has, raised entrepreneur, has helped entrepreneurs who have raised over $644 million. So, Hall, welcome to the program. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how you uh, sort of developed this area of expertise. Great. Thanks, Shalom. Glad to be here. I actually developed my expertise over the last 20 years by becoming an angel investor and then actually starting three angel networks in Texas, 2006, 7, and 8. 
learned a lot about the fundraising process, really enjoyed working with startups, started my company in 2009 under the name Texas Entrepreneurs Network. And over the next uh, 11 years, we just grew our investor network up to 14,000 accredited investors, angels, VCs, family offices, and have worked with thousands of startups on how to get ready for funding and how to run a fundraise campaign. And so we just enjoy the early stage. We enjoy innovation. There's lots of energy, excitement there, and that's where we like to work. Fantastic. So the uh, the 10 um, network, it's the Texas Entrepreneur Network. And um, again, utilizing that expertise, you've been uh, helping both investors as well as uh, as well as uh, companies, uh, startups, um, which uh, our listeners know I'm incredibly, incredibly passionate about. So what's what's that um, what's that criteria that you're looking for? Let's start on the uh, on the company side. Um, what's uh, what's sort of that platform that you're looking for that you can sort of see that that potential in that startup? Well, I look for the growth story. And what I witnessed when I ran Angel Networks is entrepreneurs would come in, pitch to my room full of investors. 90% would go away. We would never hear from them again. They got no money. 10% though came back, gave us updates, reminders, told us more about it. And they built a little bit of a relationship. So when I look at a deal, that's what I'm looking for. Is there momentum here? Is there traction? Is a sales team, product fundraise, are things clicking up and to the right? They're not big numbers, but they are growing numbers. And that's what investors look for. And that's what I look for is that something is in motion here. There's validation behind it. Uh, the product works and people are paying for it, albeit at a very small scale. But that's where the promising ones come from. Absolutely. And I know you've, uh, you and your team have uh, vetted over 500 plus uh, startups. So clearly you, uh, you have some very clear, um, again, as we've been talking about that, that sort of criteria, but uh, very prominently on your website, which we'll share several times during our uh, short conversation over your 10capital.group, um, you've got some very clear values, which I love. And it speaks to me as a former nonprofit guy. I see the values of innovation, entrepreneurship, and community. What does that mean to you and to your entire team that you surround yourself with? So we believe in entrepreneurship. We think entrepreneurship is what takes us through to the next level. As you come out of the COVID pandemic into a new world, it's a whole new set of care abouts. And you need entrepreneurs. You need startups to actually put all of those things in place. Big companies, they do good things, but they're really not the innovation engines like small businesses are. And so that's what is required to move the economy forward. And we, we love innovation. We think many things have to change in the way we work, healthcare, many other things need new business models, new products, new services. And we need entrepreneurs that would actually bring that forward. And finally is community. You have to have a sense of community. No, no company is an island. It's part of a bigger group. And you have to come in and, and work with your community, foster it, build it, and support it. And we love supporting entrepreneurship communities. We help angel groups find investors. We help startups find investors. And we've helped uh, funds find investors. So we're all the time trying to build those networks wherever we can. Absolutely. And there's some real success stories over there behind uh, behind you. And again, uh, certainly encourage all of our listeners to get on your website to learn more. And I know you and your team, you're passionate about Texas, um, the Texas Entrepreneur Network after all. So um, tell us a little bit about uh, perhaps a little bit more of the behind the scenes of you and, um, and the amazing uh, team uh, that you've built. 
So there's seven of us at this company. You know, I started, there was one, then two, and we've grown over the years. So we're highly leveraged. We're remote, we're virtual, we're distributed. We've been that way since we started back in 2009 and found that served us very well, uh, prepared us for the post-pandemic in a, <clears throat> in a good way. And what we do is we actually are helping people run campaigns. So we have a very strong online program, email marketing, uh, social media, and other tools that we use to help pull together a campaign and reach out to our network. Our network goes across the country. And we're now seeing a lot of interest from outside of the US. Uh, get, I get a call every day from Africa, Europe, and other places. So the world is going global pretty fast and we'll be reaching out further at some point. But right now we go through and we help a company put their information together. You need a pitch deck, you need a data room. We help them organize that and then we go out and we need a story. What is the, why, why should somebody invest? And we help the startup figure out what that's, that story is and what is compelling about it. And then we put that out there and then here's the magic. We go back to those investors and we show how we're actually doing it. We're demonstrating the growth story. Challenge I found with most campaigns is they forecast the growth story. Next year, I'll have a great uh, uh, revenue, but you, but nobody believes that. You have to go back and start showing how we're actually on track to achieve that. And after two or three or four of those updates, if you have a growth story, the investor realizes that and they start to engage on an investing level. So they're looking for evidence that there's something really there. And then along the way, we help build a relationship. We do 15 events a month all online, half hour AMAs, Zoom calls, info sessions, pitch sessions, and et cetera, to help get the investor and the entrepreneur talking together to build a little bit of a rapport because investors want to know who they're dealing with. And it takes three or four in interactions before you really uh, achieve that. So that's the, 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 the gap in angel fundraising that we saw out there was you have to actually build a little bit of a relationship. And many startups weren't taking the time to do that. And as you look at the next uh, five, 10 years in the world of, uh, of, of investment, and I know, again, through the, uh, through the 10 Capital Network, um, where, where are you hoping to be? I mean, we're, we're having this conversation in late 2021. No doubt you're deep, deep, deep into the planning for 2022. Um, where, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I think at that point will be an actual global coverage. You'll we will have investors from around the world investing in deals from around the world. Right now, they're very regionally focused. U.S. investors go into U.S. deals. Europe goes into Europe. Time zone and other issues make that challenging. And I think in ten years we will have solved those problems with technology and syndication groups. I think we'll see a large network of syndicate groups that will be investing in similar deals. And today it's VC, family office, crowdfundings, and angel groups is how they define it. In the future, I think we'll define it as fintech and biotech and healthcare and other sectors with all different kinds of investors in the stack coming together. So I think we're going to see the world align around you know, legal entities and fundraising uh, term sheets and tools and mechanisms because uh, we're going to go global with this and we all need to be using the same tools, the same terms and the same valuations at some level. And so whoever has the startup in their area is going to be supporting it and they should get compensated. Whoever's outside the area, if they support, they get uh, compensation. And if you're just putting in money, well, then you just get a return. So I think that's where it goes. It goes international, it goes global, and uh, we have to normalize all the tools that go with it. Uh, fantastic. Again, I'm chatting with Paul Martin, uh, the founder of the 10 Capital Network. And um, Paul, we've got about a minute and a half remaining, and I want to make sure our listeners know why they should get in touch with you 
And how do they reach you and that fantastic team of seven that's so passionate about the values, so passionate about helping startups get to the next level and helping investors reach their uh, reach their goals? Sure. So we're glad to help any startup that calls us. We always try to give some feedback about what should be in the deck or how much you should raise or what valuation you should put on it or if you should raise funding and from which investor should you raise funding. So if you have any of those questions, we're happy to help you with it in one-on-one calls. And then we have a monthly meeting called the 10 Fundraise Launch. Investors, people come out to those. We go on the Zoom call and we answer their questions. Anything you ask, we'll answer and give you feedback right then and there. Love to talk to you guys about what you need to do in that case. The best way to find us is through our website, 10capital.group. That's uh, 10capital.group. The dot-coms were taken up years ago. I wanted 10 because... That was called Texas Entrepreneurs Network, but there are many other tens out there. But tencapital.group, my name's Hall Martin. Glad to help you guys get your questions answered about fundraising. And then if a fundraise campaign is a good fit, we, we can help with that as well. That's awesome. Again, Hall Martin from uh, the 10 Capital Network. I appreciate it. And I know that, uh, as you said, you got a very robust social media presence, a great podcast, Investor Connect. Um, and you guys are doing some awesome, awesome things. And I love, uh, I got to end on this. I love the focus on the, uh, on the values as well, which is uh, just mission critical. So again, thank you, Hall Martin, for joining us. Check out the website, 10capital.group. And uh, we're going to squeeze a quick break, headlines, commercials. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, shellandkline.com. We will be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. So can you believe it? We are at the uh, tail end of 2021 and we're getting close to uh, all of those important days. That's uh, Thanksgiving Day. We've got Black Friday, Cyber Monday. But don't forget about Small Business Saturday. Small Business Saturday was originally started by American Express. It's the day that falls on the Saturday after Thanksgiving every year right in between Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So how can you, as a business owner, prepare for Small Business Saturday? I want to talk about it a little bit for the next few minutes. Um, The first thing that you need to is prepare your staff. Right now, start thinking about customer service best practices, whether it's in person or remotely, virtually, that you want your staff to follow and plan a day or days that you will train your employees. If you feel that you're going to be short-staffed during this holiday season, start thinking of a plan now for hiring temporary and maybe or seasonal employees. And as Small Business Saturday approaches, it may have to think of some incentives for your staff, that is. Do you have day of sales quotas that you'd like them to reach? If they reach their goals, can they get a fun incentive? You could also think of uh, team incentives if you want to encourage your employees to compete with each other. Uh, Dealing with a lot of people on one day can be stressful. Try to keep your employees happy so that they offer great customer service to your customers and consider doing things on Small Business Saturday to keep their energy up and their spirits lifted. This is your day. This is Small Business Saturday. For example, you could buy lunch for everyone that works on that day and give them maybe more rest breaks than normal so they have time to recharge and plan for safety around COVID. This year's holiday season is going to be unique. Make sure your staff is prepared to protect themselves and uh, and their customers with updated cleaning methods, proper PPE, so everyone has a positive and safe shopping experience. Be sure to check CDC guidelines for latest products protocols and procedures, and enforce social distancing practices if your store or business has a physical location. 
So let's talk about that. If you have a physical location, remember that you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Preparing your physical and digital space is a great way to make a first impression and get new clients to return after Small Business Saturday. Start by preparing the store. Um, if there's maintenance or cleaning that needs to be done, take this as an opportunity to get that done before it gets too busy. You may also want to consider rearranging your store to accommodate more people to help sell your most popular and profitable items. And uh, make sure it's safe, um, if, again, um, when people come in. Um, and part of that is by helping people um, that use credit cards. I'll tell you the truth, I don't carry cash with me. So make sure your business is prepared to accept all forms of payment. And there's some really good solutions that are available. Um, make sure um, you're putting up the signage now. And this goes for the entire holiday season if you're uh, if it's regarding wearing masks or social distance. You also want to make sure, prepare your website. Because keep in mind that uh, many folks will first go to your website. Make sure page by page you're checking it, making sure that all the information is accurate and current. Maybe your phone number has changed. Are your hours still the same as the hours listed? Are there any broken links? Take the time now to assess the keywords that you're using and strategically add new ones that you want to be found for. And I want to talk about uh, keywords. You need to understand your unique selling proposition. If you don't already know what your USP, that's your unique selling proposition is, now is a great time to think about it. Basically, your USP is that thing that you do well, that your customers want, that your competition can't or doesn't offer. Once you have a clear understanding of this, you can use it in some of these next steps. And the first one is plan a promotion. Now is a good time to start planning what kind of promotion you will do for Small Business Saturday. Start by taking time now to brainstorm different ideas. Do you want to go with the simple model like offering a percentage off? Would you rather offer some kind of freebie with certain dollar amount purchased? The sky's the limit. So give yourself time to think creatively on what kind of special offers you can offer your customers on Small Business Saturday. Again, this is your day. Keep in mind that you want to keep it simple so it's easy for your customers to understand and take advantage of. Also, don't underestimate the power of lost leaders or items that you take small loss on, but that get customers in your store, they get much closer to purchasing additional items from you with a higher profit margin. And don't be afraid to partner with other businesses that complement yours. Consider partnering with other businesses to share in the cost of the marketing materials. For example, you get creative and have customers get a reward for completing a scavenger hunt when they go to multiple businesses that you've partnered with. And create a small business Saturday marketing strategy. Once you know what your special promotion is going to be and you've thought about potential marketing partners, next, think about what your marketing budget will be to get news the promotion in front of your ideal customers. Once you know what your budget is, brainstorm the various marketing strategies that you can use to spread the word. Create marketing materials. Once you know what marketing strategies and tactics you're going to use for Small Business Saturday, it's time to prepare the materials. If you're going to get any flyers or mailers printed, make sure you plan in advance to give your printer plenty of time to deliver your order. Remember, you're not the only small business planning for Small Business Saturday promotion. And even if you're going with an organic or a low-cost marketing strategy, you could use the time you have now to come up with creative social media posts with free tools like canva.com. You create a social media calendar and plan when each of your posts will go up. You can start now and create excitement about the announcement of what your Small Business Saturday promotion will be. And finally, you want to build your fans. On Small Business Saturday, think about what you can do to create raving fans. Try to surprise and delight your customers by making the shopping experience memorable. Perhaps you could throw in 
uh, a bonus item or coupon for the next purchase or have free snacks or special guests at your store if it is in person. Finally, finally, leverage your Small Business Saturday success. Rather than thinking of Small Business Saturday as one day, think of it as a launch the holiday shopping season, creating relationships with new customers, follow best practices, like getting people's contact information so you can follow up with them, send them special promotions throughout the year. Make the people who, who support your business on Small Business Saturday feel special by thanking them. And uh, I'll share more tips and advice on my website, shalomkline.com. A quick break, more small business jobs and entrepreneurship when we return and get down to business in a moment. Welcome back, Chicago. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm so excited to be joined by Paul Zaplensky from uh, from IDT Integrated Document uh, uh, Technologies, and uh, which is based in Itasca, Illinois. And I've been hearing all about uh, all about IDT for uh, for a long time now, and it is truly a joy to have the uh, CEO and founder join us here. Paul, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Shalom. Appreciate you having me on your, your show today. It's a pleasure to have you. It's uh, long overdue. And Paul, um, what I love to do is get to know the person behind the microphone before we actually get into uh, what you and your very, very talented team at Integrated Document Technologies uh, does. So Paul, tell us your, tell us your story. Well, uh, I am a, uh, an entrepreneur, have been for about 30 uh, some years now, uh, actually 30 years come this May. Uh, in 2022. So um, I, uh, you know, just came to the realization that uh, trying to work for somebody else was a little bit difficult for me. I wasn't very good at taking instruction except for my wife. So uh, started up the company. Um, I, I had a, a passion to uh, be able to go in and solve clients' problems with an emerging technology background called document imaging and uh, started the company up with my wife's blessing and about five grand. <laughs> I look at it now and it's, uh, you should be very proud. And um, one of the most important things and one of the things that I'm uh, most proud of you for is uh, your involvement in community. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But um, you, have, um, you have developed this organization, a fantastic team of, uh, of folks uh, since that time, back uh, all the way back in uh, 1992. And uh, you're about to celebrate a very, very important anniversary. Um, I would say that that uh, you just gave some nice credit to your wife, but uh, make sure you uh, you you put this anniversary as the second most important anniversary in your life um, for sure. Um, but tell us a little bit about what you and your team um, do each and every day in providing industry solutions, uh, really beyond way beyond Chicagoland. Yeah, absolutely, uh, that's a great question. Thank you. So you know, organizations today struggle with trying to do more with less. Um, you know, lots of pinches going on in the economy. Um, people resources are becoming um, less and less available to the workforce for a variety of reasons, and uh, you know that requires that we automate some things in, or in order to make the business still operate at its potential uh, peak efficiency um, when you have less people. So how do you do that? You have to introduce automation. So what we do for companies is we go in and we help them identify uh, areas that can be automated uh, through some technology we call workflow and business process automation and robotic process automation and eliminating paper at its source wherever possible. So being able to either take a paper document at its most outer edge of a business process 
and convert it into a digital image um, or figure out a way to eliminate that paper right from the onset using some electronic forms technology and workflow to push that information around uh, through, an, through a, a, an organization and inject it into their critical or mission critical business processes. Wow, and I know that um, across many uh, industries you're involved in uh, healthcare, mm -hmm. higher education, um, aerospace and defense, some really interesting, um, some really interesting areas. So, um, Paul, I asked this question of virtually everybody that comes onto the program, but uh, you came into business um, intending to, again, provide those industry solutions, but along the way, you've uh, discovered the joys of small business ownership and eventually uh, growing into a larger organization. What advice do you have for our listeners, small business owners, entrepreneurs that might be tuning in of the sort of a lesson learned that maybe you can save them some time and, uh, and, and aggravation? Yeah, that's a great, great question. Uh, know your strengths and know your weaknesses. And I'm speaking of that personally. Know, know what you're very good at and, and the items that you're not surround people uh, surround yourself with people that have talents that you don't and uh, can can excel, um, uh, you know, and, and bring uh, value to a customer. Um, and, and I would say, you know, build out a very good, uh, well-equipped team. And, you know, that's trial and error. You know, I mean, it takes time to figure out, at least it did for me, uh, what I'm good at and where I'm weak. And um, so I through through some trial and error, frankly, making some mistakes along the way, uh, realized where those weaknesses were and hired the right people around me um, to, to uh, augment uh, the strengths of the, of the firm so that we can um, you know, bring quality solutions at a fair price and uh, really make a difference. You know, ultimately, that's what we're trying to do is make a difference in a company. We, we want perpetual relationships with our customers and every business owner should shoot for that. And, and then they should translate uh, that um, down throughout their team members because it's it's hard to earn a customer's uh, long-term respect and, and loyalty. And, and the way you do that is not through a one-hit wonder type transaction, but building long-term sustainable value with that customer. And, and they have to perceive that. They have to realize that that's what you can do for them. And if you don't, then, you know, you can get treated as a commodity and, and uh, you know, the customer will move on to somebody else that's cheaper or perhaps solves the problem better than, than you can. So uh, I think it's about really making sure you surround yourselves with the proper talent and recognize your strengths and the weaknesses. Absolutely. Again, I'm chatting with Paul Zaplinski, uh, the founder and, uh, and CEO of, uh, of Integrated Document Technologies, IDT, and you've likely heard about them on this uh, very radio station. Um, and in a moment, we'll, uh, we'll make sure that uh, all of our listeners know where they can get in touch with IDT and their uh, enterprise content management services. But they're based in Itasca, Illinois, and serve clients uh, nationwide. And uh, we're going to have to squeeze in a very quick break. But when we come back, I want to talk about uh, some areas that uh, that integrated document technologies is uh, involved in community, which I know is so important to all of our listeners. We'll touch on a couple more of those services and, of course, make sure that our listeners can get in touch with you. But, of call, but again, Paul Zemplensky, um, the CEO and founder of Integrated Document Technologies, uh, will rejoin us in just a moment here on Get Down to Business. Don't touch that dial. This is the show on Small Business Jobs and Entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to once again be rejoined by Paul Zimplensky, the CEO and founder 
of integrated document technologies, as well as a number of other uh, organizations that are supporting enterprise and mid-market firms in achieving maximum efficiency by offering fully integrated information management, content platform services, global cloud faxing, SMS, and enterprise content management solutions with key line of business systems. And um, about to celebrate a very important 30-year anniversary uh, of being a business founded in uh, 1992. And now with uh, over 125 plus years of combined industry knowledge, I know um, the team is doing some fantastic things. So Paul, again, welcome back and thanks for, uh, thanks for all that you do. I know that your experience um, from founding the company back in 1992, it's certainly grown, it's developed, pretty amazing, amazing stuff, which is awesome. So tell us uh, a little bit about how, uh, as you've grown, how you've managed to, uh, how you've managed to uh, make that difference in the community as well. Sure, sure. I mean, our our desire and goal is definitely to make an impact in the business and into uh, you know whether that's non for profit, whether that's a, uh, a religious organization, whether that's commercial or government institution, uh, defense contractor, whatever that might be. I mean, ultimately, we want to leave a fingerprint behind and and let customers know that. We do cherish the relationships, and we want to make a difference for the better uh, for that uh, for that organization. So, whether that's you know working with a non for profit type organization where we'll offer them some sort of special concession um, or services, uh, you know, uh, a la carte, uh, if you will, or a gratis, I guess is probably the better way to say it. Um, you know, those are types of things that we like to do so that we can. Um, you know, build build trust and relationships in the community with our customers. And, uh, you know, we'll do those types of things um, where both of us can um, uh, get value out of the relationship. So, um, you know, us being able to provide uh, a service to the customer to help them automate uh, their documents um, or their business processes, eliminate paper at its source, if you will. And um, in turn, for like a non-for-profit type organization, we might do some of those things at, at a discounted price so that um, we can help them with their financial uh, burdens that they're struggling with. I mean, today, it's harder than ever to make a buck. And, uh, you know, non-for-profits that are struggling with uh, low staffing, um, that seems to be prevalent everywhere in the marketplace right now. Um, low wages, things like that. Uh, if we can help offset some of those costs, we'd love to be able to participate and assist in those areas. Oh, fantastic. Well, uh, Paul, we're coming to the close in our conversation. I want to make sure our listeners know where they can, uh, why they should get in touch with you and how do they get in touch with you? Uh, can you provide that information for our listeners, please? Absolutely. So our website is uh, very easy to remember. It's ready, the number four, idt.com. That's ready, the number four, idt.com. And, uh, you know, if an organization is looking to eliminate paper, if they have lots of paper and file cabinets that they want to uh, go through a transformation process and turn those into digital documents, we provide those kind of services. Or if it's, you know, trying to figure out a way to take a manual business process that they're struggling with because of uh, labor shortages or uh, unskilled labor um, uh, that, that may be prevalent, um, we can introduce some technologies to help them with some of those struggles and relieve some of those burdens. So, um, you know, paper, 
if it's a struggle, a business process that's manual and tedious, anything that's repetitive uh, in terms of steps that they perform, uh, those are opportunities for uh, improving their business processes, reducing costs, and uh, um, uh, through automation. So we'd love to be able to help uh, companies that are struggling with those problems. Well, Paul uh, Zaplensky, thank you so much to you and your team at Integrated Document Technologies for all that you do. I can't wait to uh, have you back on real soon. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, and that's a wrap for us here on Get Down to Business. To success, let's get down to business. Check out my website, shalomkline.com. And uh, we'll talk to you next time at 6 p.m. right here on 560 The Answer.